Kelly's like, I hate this already. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna take a picture. Oh, oh. boy. Actually, yes, we do take a picture. Because we'll put it on for the um Welcome to this AmeriCorps Life, the official Arizona Serve podcast by AmeriCorps members for AmeriCorps members, past, present, and future. And here is your host, Sarah Haber. All right. Well, welcome to a very special episode of This AmeriCorps Life. I am your host, Sarah Haber. And I am your co-host, Emily Carey. Yeah, and I'm really excited to be here today, too. Yeah, so today we are going to try something a little different. Um, We have brought our podcast over to Zoom, and we are going to record this way. So we'll see how this goes. Um, And today... We actually have two very special guests. Um, Our first guest is our current training and program manager up in Prescott is Annie Reifsnyder. And we also have our former VISTA team leader, Kelly Via, joining us today. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Yeah, so thank you for taking the time out of your busy days. I know that you know, with the current climate, things are a little hectic. In fact, that's why our podcast is actually on Zoom for today. And so thank you guys for, for being here. Absolutely. So it's been really great to see the podcast evolve over the last like years now. Is it, has it been like years? Like how many episodes have there been? Well, we've done, this is our second season, and I think in our first season, we probably had about nine episodes, Um, and I think that in season two, we have, I think, close to like maybe 10 episodes. I'll have to go back and look. That's a good question. I'm just like, it's just a great way to like spread the like the good news of like what folks are doing and they're up to in their projects. And it's just really great to have like connection either via just voice or in this case, voice and video. So I really appreciate being here as well. And I think what is super neat about today's episode is that all four of us have something pretty unique in common. And that is that all four of us have served as the VISTA team leader up in Prescott. Hey, it's a family <laughs> Um, um, for now, uh, Kelly, if you could kind of just further introduce yourself and talk a little bit more about the work that you're doing so our listeners can kind of become a little bit more familiar with who you are. Sure. Yeah. Well, I will start back in 2014 because that helps, I think, set like sort of the stage for what I do now. Um, So in 2014, I was graduating from a small liberal arts school in Oregon. For sure was the kind of graduate that was like, what am I doing? Like, what is going on in the next phase of my life? post-graduation was sort of applying madly for jobs. I didn't have the kind of degree that gave me like very um, specific job search path. Um, So I was doing lots of different types of applications, trying to like cobble together the next step in my life. Um, And a friend of mine did stuff in Washington, D.C., um, and she sort of suggested I look into applying. And I still like didn't quite understand what it was. <laughs> Even when I was applying, I was kind of like, 
what is this? Like, what's the commitment? And so as I learned more, I was like applying for many different states, many different regions. And I ended up choosing and being selected for a position here in Arizona, which is a place where my, some of my family is based. So it kind of like helped me want to make the move from California, which is where I grew up and my family is to Arizona, not too far away. I'm not one of those folks who like moved across the country or across the world to do Vista um, or a service year. So I really respect people that did that, but I was not that brave. So I made my way to Arizona to Yavapai County Community Health Services, which um, I believe currently hosts multiple service members, right? But I was the first AmeriCorps member, I think, pretty sure, that served on the community health education team. And my project was related to access to healthy foods and specifically like rural food access because Yavapai County is the size of New Jersey, as many like to um, compare the two areas to. I've never been to New Jersey, so that didn't really help me personally, but I still was like, huh, it's the size of a state. Like it's quite large. There's a lot of rural areas. And my project was figuring out how to get more healthy um, fruits and vegetables and other fresh foods to folks who had very limited food access in rural Yampai County. So I did that for, officially did that for a year and a half, which is weird because usually VISTA is a one-year commitment, but we did a bunch of things like projects as they are, like a year is not very long. So I decided to like renew my project because I felt that I could contribute more in the second year of the project. It was just the first year I kind of like was getting going. And then midway through my second year, I was approach. So we like in Prescott, we were always like the smaller team uh, of Arizona Serve, right? There's a lot of members in Tucson, a lot of staff in Tucson. And we were, um, our team at that time, I think was like 10 Vistas and like one staff and one kind of Vista leader who like transitioned out. And so there was a time when there was only one staff member and no Vista leader. Um, And that was Erica who asked me if I would be willing to like switch mid-year to like being a VISTA leader to help kind of support her and support the members. So that's what I did. And it was great. And it was delightful. And we did a lot of things that helped, I hope, helped support members with their projects. And so I got to know several different cohorts, like three total cohorts, three or four cohorts of members. And we were welcoming more state members. That team was growing. And then I helped luckily recruit Annie um, to take over, which was so great. We got to like make that phone call, which she always likes to remind me of how I like offered her or whatever. Anyways, that the whole experience just taught me so much and we can get into that as well. And I'd love to hear like what your takeaways, all of you, your takeaways have been from the experience because I just learned so much about what it means to like be a professional, what it means to affect social change, what patience means, what humility means, flexibility, like all the things that make a good service member. I was like really deeply like learning directly about those things. And I just feel really grateful to still be part of the alumni network of Arizona Serve because the whole state is affected by your work, um, the work of Arizona Serve, and that's really amazing. Emily, our current VISTA team leader, is actually from New Jersey. Born and raised, it's nothing like Yavapai County, you know. <laughs> so I can kind of, I guess we can go in chronological order. Um, so my name is Annie Reifsnyder. I am, as Sarah said, the training and program manager for Arizona Serve of Prescott College. I'm also somehow a PhD student as well here at Prescott College, so that has done been another fun um, challenge to add to my plate. Um, and I had the 
big shoes to fill as, as Kelly was talking about um, those transitions. But yeah, so I was a, um, I, I give my spiel over and over again. Um, both Emily, Kelly, and Sarah can probably say it for me, but I'll try to do a condensed version. I went to DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana, um, majored in Islamic studies. Um, so I really was looking to national service, much like Kelly did with AmeriCorps, but on the Peace Corps side. Um, so I taught English in a tiny village in West Africa, um, in Benin specifically. Did that for two terms, one as the Peace Corps uh, leader, and then also as an English teacher, and then transitioned to uh, working in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I worked for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Milwaukee for 10 years. I got a master's degree, loved what I was doing, loved the kids, but was looking for that next step, and AmeriCorps kind of was calling my name. So I originally actually wanted to do NCCC, which I'll let Emily talk about um, here in a minute. Uh, see, we all tie together in this cute, familiar way now that I'm thinking about it. So I initially wanted to do NCCC and, and be a team leader uh, for NCCC, but then really wanted to kind of come at it from a frame of reference of actually knowing what I was talking about. So I did a, a short-term three-month stint in Fairbanks, Alaska as an AmeriCorps VISTA with Access Alaska, um, and then realized that I could do potentially what I would want to do with NCCC, um, but not live in a tent like Emily did, um, and actually, um, you know, be more of a VISTA team leader. And so I answered Kelly's call, um, actually with all of the uh, Access Alaska folks listening in, because I was doing a job training program, and I was like, you guys might as well hear what either an acceptance or a denial phone call sounds like. And then um, we went from there. So yeah, that's kind of the, the path I took. And then I was lucky enough to be the VISTA team leader for Sarah, um, who of course is our wonderful co-host, and serve on that team and then transitioned into a staff. Um, and the thing that I will say really that Kelly just um, so wonderfully articulated is just how grassroots our organization is. As you can see, we all are still really involved, either as staff members, current members, or even uh, alumni support. And that really started with, with Kelly's group um, and really the, the foundation that they were able to, to create. And then we kind of took the reins and continued to run with it and now have a really large, strong, and amazing team here in Prescott um, that's still growing, but would not have been able to, to be the case if it weren't for the groundwork that, that Kelly was able to, to do and, and Erica. Thank you for sharing that, Annie. So Emily, uh, you have actually begun starting to host the podcast series up in Prescott. And I don't believe that we have ever actually gotten a chance to really talk about you and your story and how you kind of got here. So would you like to kind of give us the lowdown on Emily Carey? Sure. So I was born on June 30th, 1995 at 7 12 p.m. No. Yeah. So I went to Albright College, which is a very small liberal arts college in Reading, Pennsylvania, less than 2000 undergrad. And so I majored, well, I started as an accounting major, LOL. 
Um, and then I transitioned to theater and communications, which are both things I was passionate about. And then also in college, um, I was part of my school's alternative spring break. So every spring break, I did a service project. Um, and so like I got to go to Joplin, Missouri for two years. I got to go to Baton Rouge and really help rebuild. And like I had been like volunteering, like doing that sort of work my whole life. But I really got to see firsthand the impact that you make and like that direct, like the amount of work you can get done in a week was just amazing to me. And I like learned about AmeriCorps and like other AmeriCorps projects because I got to like work with some of them to like do those spring breaks during my spring break. That was amazing. And I had no idea what I wanted to do after I was graduating. I guess with theater and communications, it's still kind of a general career path. Like you can do anything with either, uh, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. But I knew, I knew someone that had done FEMA Corps. And so I knew, and a few people from my college had done like NCCC. And so I applied and I got in and I was very excited. I didn't even look at other AmeriCorps positions. I was like, I don't have to pay for housing or food and transportation is covered. I was like, yes, this is perfect. My loans can be on forbearance. And I was getting to do work that I really wanted to do, which was really exciting because I really wanted to do disaster. Like that was the whole reason I did NCCC is because I wanted to respond to natural disasters. And then I got there and that was the first year they had a special disaster response team, which I thought was so cool. Um, And I got on and I was really lucky. And so... Um, yeah, so I actually got to respond um, my first year. Um, I responded to Hurricane Harvey, um, Hurricane Irma, and I got to go to Puerto Rico and spawn to, respond to Hurricane Maria. And it was really heartbreaking, but also really inspiring at the same time, getting to see the way all those different communities came together. Um, just getting to work with all the different homeowners, but also learning how to you know run a volunteer reception center, like learning how to muck and gut. Repairing cement roofs is what we were doing in Puerto Rico. And it was, it was really awesome getting that hands-on experience because as I was dubbed on my team, um, I was dubbed the um, the indoor child. Yeah, but my first year was great. Um, I did a lot of really amazing direct service that was really impactful. You travel the country in teams of 8 to 12 members between the ages of 18 and 24. You do like one to two month service projects. So, and I really like the work that NCCC was doing, but I kind of wanted to like know the ins and outs of like NCCC itself more and like sort of do that administrative like work, the, the capacity building side of things. But I wanted to like really stay with NCCC and like see that through. And I really like my campus. And again, I really like the work that I was doing. So I went back for a second year um, as the Delta unit support team leader. And I got to actually go back to Puerto Rico um, and lead a team. So I got to do a lot of really cool projects on campus. I got to lead trainings um, and really help with member support. But I also got by like helping the other team leaders in my unit as well as their members. But then I also got to go directly lead teams of seven members, um, which was also um, really stressful, but great experience. Living with seven people in a room really tests who you are as a person, but it's really great. And I got to work with a lot of, and again, I was working with a lot of nonprofits, um, a lot of organizations. It was great. But I kind of was still missing that capacity building aspect. Like it was a lot of really great direct service. You work with these nonprofits for one to two months, and then you go bye-bye and like you hope that the thing that you built stays, um, but I really wanted to be able to do more capacity building. And I also wanted to get non-competitive eligibility um, for federal jobs. Um, and so then I learned about VISTA and then I was just applying, I really wanted to do grant writing and I was just applying for like those kind of jobs. Then I learned because of my NGLC experience, I could be a VISTA leader. And I thought that was really cool. It's very similar to what I did as a team leader with NCCC, but it's also completely different. Like I'm still mentoring and like helping members, but it's more of a, 
it's not like I'm with you 24 seven. And like, I also have to be your parent. It's all, it's a lot of like really being able to like watch them grow. Like the members get to be more independent and, but also just like watching them and just like, it's a different, it's more professional development. It's just, it's a lot of different work with members. Um, but it's been really great to like sort of see the way that like Vistas come together in a community compared to the way that like members in C come together in a community. And it's been really inspiring and really great this year. And I'm really glad I like, did a third year. None of us originally came from Prescott and we all relocated there and served there. And I'm curious what, for all of you guys, what does being a leader in Prescott mean to you? I also, I, now I live in Phoenix, which is like a whole nother world. It's crazy. Um, being a leader in Prescott is partially like about just learning who makes decisions, I think. Like, and that's like something that's like really useful just in general in like learning systems, right? Like we're talking about like poverty and like all of the organizations that are doing so much work both individually and collectively to like end poverty in Prescott, Yavapai County. And even from like the health perspective, when I was serving at the county health department, like that was such an interesting ecosystem of leaders, all of which who had their own expertise, but were like under the same banner. Um, And so I don't know what I have a great answer for this. I'm just, I'm just thinking about like how, when you're new to a community, being a leader is also like about like knowing your own strengths and being okay with like not knowing all the answers, which like as someone who likes to know some things, I like struggled with that. I was like, well, why doesn't this project work? Or why wouldn't it like be really quick to implement this, this, and this? And there's a lot of folks with like a lot of like long years of work and lived experience that like as a Vista, um, sometimes it was really humbling to be like, oh, well, that's not really going to work the way I thought it was going to work. And like, that doesn't work the way that like my textbook said it would work or, you know, so-and-so in this other community said it would work. Like, that's not that's part of, I think, being a leader in a place that's new to you is like the humility piece of I have my strengths. I know what I know, but I don't know everything and that's okay. And you can like learn from people who were so generous with me, so generous with their time. Like I just think about like all the people who took me up on my like clunky offer to like have coffee with them. Like they were probably so busy. I know they were so busy and like didn't really have time for me, like asking silly questions, but yet they did take the time to like coach me through things or like ask me questions about my questions and like kind of like help mentor me um, both as a Vista and then a team leader. And I'm super grateful for like other people's leadership to like help me grow with such patience and grace that they showed to me. Like I probably was just so, so naive and like wanted to do everything and that just wasn't going to happen. And they were really kind to me. Um, So yeah. That theme is a theme there is humility and not not knowing everything and that's okay. Yeah, I, I think I'll echo that. I mean, Kelly's perhaps the, the best segue Titian, if that's even a even a word. But I, I guess I'll take it from a different perspective. I think um, you know, I would echo everything that Kelly said about the community. It's definitely close-knit, not the nonprofit community, but I think is 
uh, a leader here, especially working with AmeriCorps members, it's also about creating a team dynamic. Um, because we are smaller and because it is a retirement community and you know there are amazing things to do around here, but you also have to make sure that the members feel kind of supported and part of something. Um, and that was definitely something that I tried to do. And I came from a background of, of having a team of 15 or 20 people that I was supervising. And then I went into having a, um, a coaching experience where I was really working with members like Sarah um, to really better themselves and kind of finding that perfect balance for our AmeriCorps members of them, I say this all the time, but them um, giving a lot to the site, but also the sites giving a lot of professional development to them. And I think that ties into those coffee chats and things that Kelly was talking about. Specifically for me, I have really loved uh, going into training and teaching and providing that extra component that I think makes our our program unique and special and being able to provide training resources, professional development for that continued professional growth, growth I think is really important. I also um, highly value being able to supervise first Sarah and now Emily because I really see the, the two of them and all of our AmeriCorps members as the leaders of tomorrow. And I look at this um, pandemic that everybody is experiencing in such a real way, and I see our AmeriCorps members stepping up and being the leaders at the front line of responding to what it is that, that they need to do. Uh, I see our members going to the Prescott Farmers Market and help delivering um, boxes. I see our members working the community food bank to make sure those emergency calls are being answered. We had three members that created a volunteer online volunteer database in two days for people who care so that they can respond to helping homebound seniors get groceries. So I think that those are the type of really micro experiences uh, that our members are able to do here and transition both for them later in life and make our community a community of leaders. So I actually remember my first one-on-one -on -one, uh, when I was serving as a member in Prescott and both Annie and Kelly were there. And I think Annie, you had asked me, so I'm your team leader. What do you think that means? And I think that I had said something like, I think you're like the middleman between the staff of Arizona Serve and then the members. Other than that, I'm not really too sure. And something that you had said to me in that moment and what I think that you have continued to say about the team leader is that you kind of have to think of them as uh, clay. They mold that into whatever that role is. And so for me as, as a leader, I think that that was kind of my biggest takeaway is that, you know, there are some members who are maybe going to look to me as a mentor and look for, you know, advice or insight on certain things. And then there's other members who may, who might not look at me in that way. And they might not utilize me in the way that a leader is traditionally utilized. And that's okay. I think that something that I was able to really work on in the leader position is just my listening skills and learning how far that can actually take you when you're 
perhaps trying to give advice to somebody, trying to get them to self-actualize. It's honestly kind of helped me with podcasting, uh, just kind of always asking probing questions. So that's nice. But yeah, I would say that I think that for me, it's important to be humble at times and know that the team that you're leading is going to utilize you the way that they need to utilize you. And specifically in Prescott, I think that what being a leader in Prescott meant was, you know, for me, in my experience, I grew up in New York my entire life and living in Prescott was like my first time living away from New York. And so it was my first time kind of leaving the, you know, the liberal bubble that's there and entering into a community that's more rural and a lot different than what I was used to. And so here I am stepping out of my comfort zone and then having to lead this group of volunteers. I think that in those situations, you know, like Kelly, what you said, understanding where you know, I might not have the best insight or I might not have the answer to everything. I think that that kind of, you know, helped me again, kind of be more humble in those situations. But, you know, I think that for a lot of our AmeriCorps team, I think a lot of them were faced in those similar situations of, you know, Prescott being very, very different from where they had originally come from. I've learned sort of a little bit about what all of you have said Definitely from Annie and Sarah, like you guys have been great mentors and like really helped sort of shape, helped me shape myself into the team leader I want to be. But also Kelly, it sounds like a lot of your wisdom has been passed on to them as well. And I've learned some of that um, throughout this year too. But I've been going into any community. It's not about this is what I'm bringing to the community. It's what does the community need for me and how can I help them get to where they need to be, Um, which is something that they really stress in NCCC. Um, and I, it's, I mean, it's AmeriCorps in general, but also I think it's something to take with you no matter where you go or no matter what job you go into. And I also think, again, yeah, that goes back to it's for the members. It's you're not, I kind of came in, I don't know what I was expecting when I came into this, um, but it was, I was expecting a lot of like training members and like doing this. And I do that, but really it's about, I really approach this year as being that like peer-to-peer coach for them like I'm here I think as Sarah was talking about like I'm here for what they need from me and I'm here to do that and I my goal really this year was to make that cohort a cohort and really make everyone not feel like a family but just really make sure that everyone knows that like they have that support and they have that connection here um and I think like that's like showed this year um there was in December we had a member um come in start Maribel she started in December and so we do like the brown bag lunches for every member that starts. And one of their members, Grace, she brought in a bunch of naloxone kits. She was like, we were making naloxone kits. And all the members, I think Annie, Annie and I talk about this, all the members stayed behind and they did all of the naloxone kits. Like most of our members came in, they all stayed behind and they helped like make like hundreds of kits together um, just like as part of their day. And I just think that it's amazing that like through the work that Amy and I have done, like they did that on their own. We didn't ask them to stay and do it. They all just like wanted to help each other. And I think that's something I'm especially like conscious of, I guess, with the climate, the way it is, like everyone's kind of stuck in their apartments, but how can we bring everyone together virtually um, and still keep everyone connected? Um, Cause I think, yeah, like the member, so that's like been my big thing um, as a leader um, is just 
facilitating that space where people can come together and have that support. I think Kelly's also just so excited that we keep on using the word cohort because she was the (laughs) original inventor of us using that word. (laughs) I just started using it and then someone was like, oh, I guess that's what we are. (laughs) I don't know. I just wanted, you know, it sounds official and like grad schools have cohorts and other things have cohorts. And I was like, we're a network. I mean, you could also say community of practice. If you wanted to go that route, you could be like, oh, we all like practice service. We all have different experiences and projects, but we all have that in common. But yeah, cohort, it just sounds good. And Kelly, I know I mentioned the the Prescott Farmers Market, and that's a position that you kind of took on while you were here in Prescott that kind of led to, to what it is you're doing now. That is true. Well, as anyone who's been an AmeriCorps member knows, it's not really a secret um, that we make, you know, not very much money and it's a living stipend. And so that's part of the commitment. And that's really important. Um, Important to know up front for sure. And it's something that people, you know, struggle with in various ways. Um, I think it's like a lot of, I was thinking about this, you know, the ability and the privilege to like stop uh, or to, to get by or even thrive on um, the amount of money that the living stipend is depending on like who else you're taking care of other responsibilities you have like so many things like I think about that a lot and so part of why I okay well backing up I guess Annie Thank you for bringing this up. It's sort of complicated, like how I got affiliated with Prescott Farmers Market, but it really isn't because like part of my project at the county health department, you know, by county community health services was like, how do we get like fresh produce, hopefully local produce into small corner stores. And so the Prescott Farmers Market was like a key partner in that because they bring farmers and other food vendors together on a weekly basis. And they have a community, um, obviously like a farmer's market, but beyond that, like a community of people who could supply that food potentially and may themselves be residents of rural communities and would like have that connection with the customer um, and possibly the store owner. And so that was kind of one of my avenues of like, would this work? Let's talk to them about it. Um, and so randomly, like during a presentation to the farmer's market board of directors, at the end, I heard that like the current executive director, Kathleen Yetman, was going on maternity leave and she needed someone to run the market while she was gone. And I was like, hmm. I don't make very much money. I would like to build a savings account again. I would love to continue my work being at the market. At that time, I was just volunteering through um, like market activities, promoting nutrition and, and fruits and vegetables at the market and kind of doing samplings. And so I had been there before and I received SNAP as a member um, and they accepted SNAP benefits at that time at the farmer's market and they still do. And that was before Double Up Food Bucks even landed in Arizona. So this was in 2014. So I was connected with that. I started working part-time for the market as the market manager, in addition to doing AmeriCorps. Um, And it's been really great to see like the evolution of what um, all the food related projects that have sort of sprung up since then in Yavapai County um, and how all of them work together. It's really great to see that from afar. Um, But what I do now is I work for a nonprofit here in the Phoenix area. It's called Pinnacle Prevention and we are a statewide nonprofit that serves to strengthen the food system. 
Um, and that looks a lot of different ways, but my main job is managing the Double Up Food Bucks program, which I just mentioned. Um, it basically offers a snack, fruit and vegetable incentive to families that use SNAP benefits. Um, specifically, we work with farmers markets, farm stands, small corner stores, and nowadays we're branching into serving full-service grocery stores as well with the incentive. So basically, families get to take home more fruits and vegetables for free when they choose to use their SNAP benefits to buy fruits and vegetables. So it's kind of great, and it's kind of like the missing piece in the puzzle of like rural food access, in my opinion, because it can really help people buy more and move more fruits and vegetables off grocery shelves. It's crazy um how i landed in this position like it's beautiful and also i just like i'm like how did this happen um i don't know i'm just really grateful for it and i'm grateful that like can i can continue the work that i sort of wanted to be doing in prescott that felt limited with the resources that i had but now like working on a statewide level it's really powerful and i'm just really thankful that annie you mentioned that americorps members are helping prescott farmers market with their food box distribution I was thinking that would be an amazing project for members to get engaged with if they would, if they so choose. And helping food banks, it, food banks are around the nation, um, not well volunteer staffed right now due to coronavirus because the main volunteer pool um, that food banks typically rely on is seniors and groups. And we know that that's like not a good idea to bring seniors out in groups right now and to talk and interface with the public. So it's really so amazing to hear that um, that folks who are service members can help with getting people food and delivering to those who shouldn't be out and about and being exposed. So that's beautiful. And Kelly, I don't know if I ever uh, mentioned this to you, but when I had first posted up in Tucson, uh, I was at a networking event and I actually met Kathleen's, I believe it's her sister, Emily. Um, and I mentioned your name and they knew exactly who you were. So it is a small world. Emily yeah. is fantastic. And Living Streets Alliance does amazing work for physical activity promotion and, and bike and pedestrian safety in Tucson. Amazing. I love them. And I love the Yetmans. They are a Prescott institution and they are a delightful family and they helped me feel really welcome in Prescott as well. Do any of you guys have any questions that you wanted to ask for all four of us? I have a question for, for Emily. How is it? I mean, we talk about Kelly all the time. How is it? Uh, is it weird to, to see Kelly and meet Kelly and all that jazz? I, no, it's not weird at all. Um, it's nice. It's kind yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, to sort of see the generate all the generations together. Um, but also, um, yeah, it's awesome. It's also good to know that there's life after AmeriCorps. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's great. It's been really great to meet Kelly. And also just like watching the three of you interact, like when she first came on, it was like fun. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say life after AmeriCorps because all three of us had our Vista service turn into something more permanent and really set the groundwork for what it is that we ended up doing. Uh, and not to say that, you know, we're the exception, but I really feel like that, that is definitely the rule. And, you know, specifically speaking of the community that we built in Prescott, last year alone, we had four of our members stay in this community and still work for organizations that are here. And I think that that in itself speaks volumes about 
what it is that we're able to cultivate here. And there's already several members in the cohort that Emily has spearheaded uh, that want to potentially stay in this community as well. And I, I think that's that's something fun to, to just think about. Um, but I also um, think about, you know, we were talking about calling people to make offers. Emily, do you remember when, when Sarah and I called you? <laughs> or when you called us back? <laughs> Well, so it's really funny. So Emily took her sweet time to accepting our offer, Kelly. She did not do the immediate one that I did. <laughs> it was like five days. <laughs> well, and now you will probably know that that's a very long time and it's kind of torture when you wait five days to say, yes, I accept the position. I think, I think when I accepted right away, Kelly was like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> you don't want to think about it overnight? But that was part of the, like, that was part of recruitment. Like, we had to, like, force people to be like, tell us now or forever hold your peace. And that was part of our MO at that time. I don't know if it's still like that, but we we were like, you know, we need to recruit the best. We can't dilly-dilly. <laughs> yeah, I remember, and he called me an hour after the interview to offer me the position. And I was like, uh. You were just so wonderful. We had to. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a really nice thing about the team leader position, and I would love to get your guys' insight on this, but for me, I thought that this was a really good position where I could learn even more about my own skills Mm -hmm. and really practice the skills that I wanted to practice more. I think that Annie does a really good job of allowing for that creative freedom with some of the tasks that we're presented to. Um, So for me, I really wanted to focus more on things within like communications. Um, And then with that, I learned that I really enjoyed event planning as well. And that's kind of how I landed in the role that I landed in. But I don't know if you guys also feel like the team leader position did or currently is kind of, you know, helping to set you up for where you want to be in the future, where you've ended up in the future. Well, and I think you can task that freedom that hopefully I'm glad I was able to give to you. And hopefully Emily feels the same way um, to Kelly, because I think Kelly was just so busy trying to, to get everything on track. She, you know, was really building systems and processes in place to let us be more free. And it just, I guess happened to be that a huge need that they had was somebody who wanted to do trainings. And um, luckily I had that skill set and was able to kind of slide into that. But I was pretty selfish with my AmeriCorps term. I was a mid-career professional. I was extremely overworked um, in my previous um, career at Boys and Girls Club. Not to say I didn't love it. It's just that that's what the job entailed. And I definitely used Vista as a way to kind of take a deep breath and re- reassess. Um, and I think a lot of AmeriCorps members who do this mid-career can, can resonate to that. Um, so I didn't really have the same quote unquote push that I think a lot of, of our members who come right out of college do, but I definitely can, can relate to that, so. I love getting to do the newsletter every year and getting to like sort of curate like 
just like all this like internal content that like we then get to like send out to like our alumni and our members and also like our partners and like other community members and stuff. Um, and also I've gotten to do, as I said earlier, um, I really wanted to do Vista because I really wanted, um, I think I mentioned this, um, to get just that great writing fund development experience. So it's been really great getting to work with the Launchpad which is um, a community partner, but also starting to help Arizona serve as well, write some grants. Um, so that's been a really amazing experience um, to just sort of, because that's what I was telling myself, that's what I'm going to do with my life. Actually getting to see, oh, is this what I want to do? Or getting to have that practice before I go deep down that rabbit hole. So it's been really great to just sort of like learn those other aspects of like the nonprofit world through an intermediary organization like Arizona serve and also working with like partners. So yeah, it's been, it's been really neat. And Emily shake or uh, Kelly's shaking her head because she doesn't want to take credit for all of this. But I'll I think go ahead, Kelly, to prove me wrong. I just like forgot how hard the team leader <laughs> position is. I was like, oh, I didn't do. Oh yes, I did do the social media. Oh, I did do the newsletter. Oh, I did do the member meetings. Oh, the days of service. Oh, you know the staff retreat that was like our first ever staff retreat. Like. We planned that, like we hosted that in Prescott. Like I've just forgot. I just totally forgot. Also, I forgot about recruitment. Like the team leader is such a like pivotal role. And I just didn't I'm I tend to what is the word I'm looking for? Like I tend to like digest success quickly and like reject things that are like, well, that was hard and now it's over. But like hearing you all and all the amazing work that all of us have done, we truly have been building a system of support and networking for years. And like, I didn't even notice that until just now. So I just appreciate all of you. Yes. And Annie, please stop embarrassing me. Like this is recorded. Okay. Like this is real. Yeah. I just feel really grateful for like the opportunity to do this also that like it was such an open-ended because I was like stepping into a role that had sort of a gap between the prior team leader it's like easy to say like I created stuff but like I don't know that I I don't know I don't know if I did or not I don't remember it feels like a lot years ago it was years ago but my point with this is like systems take so much time and when i think about like to build and refine and make better and improve like these are it's so cool to see the four of us here because like when we say like when for example i think of like days of service like national days of service like that has gone through so many evolutions based on the strengths of the team in charge and that's so important to maintain flexibility but also like the integrity of like the event it's so important to recognize the MLK day for example but like we all did it differently and that's like such a beautiful thing to see like over time um and sometimes it's hard to have the like over time perspective when we're in the trenches of whatever we're tasked with um which is a lot of things so yeah I just I appreciate this time to like be reflective with all of you and think about all the people and all the things that we've done, all the people we've supported and all the things we've done. And hopefully from like a recruitment perspective, like when is the next team leader coming online? Or is that like months away? We shouldn't talk about that yet. No, we're, we're actually going to do interviews in the next few weeks. 
Do any of you have anything else you would like to talk about? Any other questions? Anything that you want to plug? Speaking of National Days of Service, I mean, Sarah can talk to this more. I mean, we have National Service Recognition Day coming up, which is one of my favorite um, National Days of Service. Um, Yeah, that is next week, April 7th. And that's a really great opportunity for the other leaders in our community to see our program and the impact that our program makes in the community. I know that, you know, in both regions, our plans are a little bit shifted due to the current state of affairs. But getting the support from these local officials, I think really means a lot to our program. And, you know, having our members get that recognition, I think really just shows that our program is important and this is the impact that we're making. I guess I'm a sentimental fool, but I just, I I just really want to echo what Kelly said, just how even in this call, really seeing how building blocks were founded and how they have moved through the four of us. It's really inspiring. And I think that especially in a VISTA leader role, which sometimes isn't inherently sustainable, or at least not to how you would typically think, uh, even in small ways, we were able to kind of create a really cool thing here. And it's been fun kind of reminiscing about that. It's okay to be sentimental. (laughs) Yeah, I think sometimes I'm just struggling to find the right words, but I think like the opportunity of self-quarantining, the opportunity of being, working more from home, caring more for family, right? Like we are connecting with loved ones. Like that's, there's so much opportunity in this like historical moment that like at first I was like, why are we talking about this? Like in my mind, my gut was like, we have to like respond to all the work we have to do. We have to like, this is like, like it felt like whiplashy to me somehow at first. But now that like, there's so much value in like being reflective and you can be a sentimental fool. That's like why we like you, Annie. You are you. Like that's, that's it. That's the whole, it's the, that's the essence. That's beautiful. But yeah, I have also really appreciated this time to just like think about, yeah, the building blocks and and imagine like what cool stuff could happen in the future with like the future teams that come in through future projects, uh, future ways to help strengthen leaders in communities, whether it's us or whether it's someone else. Like that's really cool to think about. So thanks for inviting me today. Yeah, like getting to hear everyone self-reflect and be sentimental because I think that is really important and it's really yeah that self-reflection it's really nice to hear from everyone and also sort of forcing my own self-reflection of how the year has been and I think also it's I don't know I really want to use this to kind of propel myself forward for the rest of my time here because yeah it's special and it, it is short you don't realize yeah you don't realize how short a year is but also you never realize how much you can accomplish in a year and just how much you've all like we've all accomplished um and how much there is still to accomplish so yeah yeah no this has been really great i'm glad we did this so kelly if folks wanted to learn more about pinnacle prevention where could they go 
Yeah, so we are a nonprofit that works across the state. So if you work in Arizona and you work in any way related to food systems, we definitely would love to like connect with you and hear what you're doing. Um, and even we're, we're interested in like building partners even outside of the food system. So if you'd like to like learn more about how our approach or like how we do what we do or what we do, um, we definitely are active on social media, especially these days. So we have accounts on Facebook um, as well as Twitter because we're, we tweet. It's pretty fun. But we also have a website and it's pinnaclepreventionorg um, and then for the program that I specifically manage, which is called Double Up Food Box, um, we have many sites, um, both in Yavapai County and in Pima County. So if there's any members listening or folks who work with SNAP recipients, um, definitely connect with Double Up Food Box Arizona um, or reach out and I'm happy to answer any questions about how it works or um, where the sites are, that kind of thing. Thank you for sharing. All right. Well, if that is everything, thank you guys for... You, that beautiful Rich Ormond voice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for joining me today. And uh, yeah, talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Okay, so what do I do? Do I pause this or do I hit stop recording? You hit stop recording. You've been listening to This AmeriCorps Life, produced by Arizona Serve of Prescott College. Find out more at arizonaserve.org and at prescott.edu.